Yeah. So, so for us, uh, uh, inbound is our main channel. Content is a strategy. Is what we use. So we have blogs. Uh, we we have a bunch of eBooks mm-hmm. on OPRs and application of OPRs. Mm-hmm. Um, we also run our own podcast called mm-hmm. the um, OKRs podcast it's called Volgators. Okay. And along with that, we run a bunch of webinars and more. Mm-hmm. So there's, and the webinars are done along with experts across the globe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the B2B SaaS podcast. Today, we have Vidya with us. Vidya is here is the co-founder and CEO of a company called Fitbots. Hey, Vidya, welcome to the show. Thanks, Upendra. It's wonderful being here. Thank you for inviting us. All right, so Vidya, let's let's try to understand what your company does and why customers pay you money. Yeah, um, so I'm the co-founder of Fitbots OKRs, and as the name goes, we are a SaaS product for objectives and key results. For those who are new to OKRs, OKRs is a strategy to execution framework, and we've built a product around it so that it helps teams track and manage their objectives and key results and drive outcomes for the company. Uh, so. What we do is uh, we do more than software in Fitbox. We not only offer the SaaS product, but along with that, we also help companies adopt OKRs along with coaching and certifications. Right. So so before we deep dive into it, right? So how big a component is this services that you're offering? Right? So if you were to just put a number there, right? Is it 50-50 or is it 80-20? How does that number look like as a play in terms of revenue maybe? Yeah. So it's about 60-40. Most of our revenue comes from software. Mm-hmm. The reason why we have the add-on of coaching and certifications is because uh, we we do believe that uh, in order to build a successful company, it's not only about uh, releasing a product and hoping that you know users adopt it, but it's about helping companies adopt it correctly. So hence, we have the services along with the software. All right. So, yeah. So help me understand who you're, who you're trying to sort of sell it primarily to. Is it big enterprises? Is it SMB customers? Like how does your customer base look like today? Yeah. So, um, you know, incidentally, OKRs is a horizontal play. It's adopted by companies both big and small. Um, so if you really look at it um, from a product adoption perspective and companies which are as small as 20 members can start using a software and going all the way up to large enterprises. From our customer perspective, about 80% if our customers are scale-ups, they are high-growth organizations who are scaling to the next phase of growth. And along with that, we also have enterprises who have started adopting OKRs in order to innovate. How many total customers do you have on your platform as of today? Yeah, we have about, uh, we have close to 50 customers. There are more than about 5,000 plus teams in from the customer bases I was sharing. About 80, 80 uh, about, uh, you know, majority of the customers, about 80% of our customers are really high-growth companies who are scaling to the next phase of growth. Got it. And how big are these deal sizes, right? So I think, uh, so can you try, can you give us a sense, right? So how big are these teams who are using these OKRs? Are they in tens, hundreds? Like how big are these teams on an average? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it really depends upon the kind of organization. So let's say we work with scale-ups, which are, let's say, 200 members. All 200 members can get onto OKRs all at once. But when, say, it's a large organization with with lots of people across the globe, then you typically have, let's say, a 500-member strong group which can come on to OKRs. Got it. Uh, okay, so so le- let me understand like how you're growing, right? So a year before today, where were you in terms of your total number of customers? So a year before, uh, now, yeah, that's a good question. So I just need to kind of raise back time. There were probably about 28 customers last year around the same time. 
Got it. Yeah. So, so we've we've kind of doubled in terms of our customer base over the past year. All right. So, so one one last question, right? Before we jump into how you're growing, right? So, so what what does your ACV look like on an average? Are these you know thousand dollar deals, ten thousand dollar deals, or hundred thousand dollar deals? I mean, you know, you you must have some extreme cases, but on on an average, how does where does that number sit, right? So, is it? Can you just put a number there? Yeah, absolutely. So the ACV on an average is around six thousand USD. Mm-hmm. So typically, when we uh, go into organizations, we have let's say a hundred to two hundred members who adopt OKRs, and then they start adding on teams or individuals as we move through the year. Got it. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. All right. So Vijay, now I want you to sort of go back right to where you began. Right. So when did it all start for you? When did you start the company? Yeah. Um, so, in fact, that's right down memory lane. <laughs> so, we started in 2018. Um, I just come out of a fairly long corporate career. I worked for a billion-dollar company named Mindtree. I was there for about 14 years, and then I wanted to set up Sidbots because I was really, really passionate about people and data. My tech co-founder and I were colleagues in our previous company, so we said, "Hey, if we need to combine the power of people and data, and help teams really get to the next stage with OKRs." Let's build a SaaS product around it. So long story short, we started in 2018 uh, and we launched the first version of our software in early 2019. We, we started in the mid of 2018. Okay. So it took us about six months to really get the problem statement right, speak to a lot of users. We built our first MVP, which was actually, it was a disaster. And then we yeah. rebuilt it. And then, uh, you know, the, and that's when we realized that it was adding value. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so when did that first dollar of revenue kick in? So, uh, we were initially making revenues, but more from services, yeah. just so that we could keep the company going. Mm-hmm. And in twenty early twenty nineteen, that is January of twenty nineteen, is when we started making software revenue. Got it. Right. So, so I want you to sort of uh, recall, right? So, how did you get that first customer? And I want to really understand the story there, right? So, how did you go from that zero to like first couple of customers? So, how did you know them? How did you sort of what was that first start, touch point like? How did you end up converting them? Can you just revisit, revisit and sort of walk through that story? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so the first three customers, in fact, came through reference. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the way, uh, so I, we le- leveraged our networks to get the first customer. Mm-hmm. And leveraged, again, our network to get reference in order to get the second and third customer. So... Okay. Um, the the learning there was that uh, we we did want unaffiliated customers, but the initial journey was to get to people whom we know who trust us and who were also ready to adopt the software when it was at a very early stage. Right. Got it. So and and what part of these were services? Like were you sort of getting in there saying, hey, we're going to help you sort of you know nail your OKR thing properly by providing a bunch of services, and then eventually we'll sort of sell the software. Was it like that or? Were you directly sort of trying to sell your software and then add, you know, services layer on top of it? Because especially during those beginning days, right? So people like, I mean, how did it work for you at that point of time? Yeah, you know, this is a, a really important question that you asked. Uh, if you if you really look at our early days, uh, we did believe that software is the answer to all the problems. And we wanted to build a SaaS company, which we still are, <laughs> but we only want to offer software. Yes. And then we quickly realized that when teams are very new and we were creating a fairly new category in 2018, mm-hmm. it was less known in Asia because OPRs is a very well-known concept in other parts of the globe, but it was 
definitely a, a, a you know early stages of the category creation in in Asia when we started, yeah. and and we realized that if we need to build a successful company and a world class product, mm-hmm. we would need to help teams understand OKRs, and it was very similar to the early days of Agile, where people need to know how to practice Agile before uh, adopting tools yeah. Uh, yeah. like Jira, etc. So, so that was that was really the the similar journey that we went through, and then we started adding on coaching and certification so that the product adoption also improves. Got it. Yeah. Uh, so, just to sort of understand more there, right? So, how has this space evolved over the past four years? You must been you must have seen it firsthand, right? So, I guess four years before people didn't even know all of these things, but now nowadays I think a lot of people understand what OKRs are, how important it is for them to sort of adopt these. So how does your journey of, you know, sort of uh, converting a customer, right, changed during these past four years, especially because you were sort of in that category creation market, right? Correct, correct. Um, so if I just uh, look back at the last four, four and a half years now, and um, from very new to OKRs, companies have gone to, through the entire journey of ruling, uh, adopting and sustaining OKRs for about three, three and a half years. In fact, Many of our early, early customers are still with us and continue using Fitbots and have seen the product evolve over the past years. So, so the first learning was um, from extremely nascent and being novice at OKRs. If we kind of look at where we are today, we find that teams are comfortable. They, they're speaking the language of outcomes and the language of outcomes is helping their businesses grow. So that's the transition that we've seen. Got it. All right. So I want you to sort of come back to today, right? So and just just over the last 12 months, right? So where did you get, get those 22 odd customers that you managed to sort of convert? So what was that primary acquisition channel that really worked for you? Where are you finding all of these customers? Yeah. So so for us, uh, uh, inbound is our main channel. Content is a strategy, is what we use. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason why we use this is because um, m- many teams were, are, are eager to know and users are eager to know as to how to how to adopt objectives and key results the right way. So a lot of knowledge that we've been having through our network of coaches, uh, coach teams, and then that's converted into high quality content, and then we place it all on our website. So what sort of content um, so is this? I, is is this PR? You know, blog articles? Is it like that, or do you have more content than than just that? Oh, oh, we have a we have a lot more content. So we have blogs. Uh, we we have a bunch of ebooks mm-hmm. on OKRs and application of OKRs. Mm-hmm. Um, we also run our own podcast called mm-hmm. the um, OKRs podcast called Goal Getters. Okay. And along with that, we run a bunch of webinars and more. Mm-hmm. So there's, and the webinars are done along with experts across the globe. So just like your podcast is one that we run as well. Yeah, got it. So I just want to sort of quantify, quantify this, right? I mean, you've got a whole bunch of content here, right? So what's really been working for you, right? So is it is it blogs? What is driving the most? If you, if you were to sort of pick one among all of these uh, types yeah, of content that you've clearly, created. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's clearly the blogs and the channel of our distribution is LinkedIn. And that's okay. how people are discovering us. In fact, 46% of our leads are through Pinbound and the rest through other channels. And out of 46%, the majority of them are discovering simply from Google, right? They're searching for you, searching for OKRs, figuring out, and then they're coming to you. Is that how it is? That's correct. That's correct. Okay. And, and okay, so now talk about the conversion, right? So once somebody discovers you, right, what happens after that? So do you have any AEs sitting in your team who's, who's helping them convert them? 
or it how does that whole funnel look like can you just walk me through one of your examples yeah um, so so we've uh, in fact we've been experimenting a lot as to whether we are a product led company or is it sales led motion and we realized that in our space uh, it's a hybrid way in in which we actually nurture and convert leads so, so what do i mean by that so people do discover us through our content mm-hmm. they come on to our website um they take a free trial and once the free or they they have the option to book a demo so we have both the free trial and book a demo option okay the reason why we do this is because we find that user behavior in different countries is very different so for instance in asia there is still an orientation to book demo because they do want to speak to a sales rep who's an expert in okrs yeah um but in other uh, parts of the globe where okrs is fairly mature and well known uh, we have uh, we usually find a lot of free trial users So having said that, once we either get a free trial or demo, uh, then um, our uh, SDR team takes over, um, both from an inbound as well as out, where I come to outbound in some time. Sure. And then there we get into um, the sales cycle, where if we have somebody from taking a free trial and is willing to also come on to a demo, or somebody goes into a demo, then gets a call from our SDR, and and then the demo happens. Got I'm it. sorry, from the E, then the demo happens. Yeah. yeah yeah and how long is the sales cycle typically i mean for a typical 6000 dollar deal that you sell it takes approximately 4 to 6 weeks okay and usually what we do find is uh, there are two or three stakeholders who do get involved mm-hmm. and ha- an average of what three demos is what we see before a sale happens got it and how do you sort of upsell or cross sell if you do any oh we do and uh, the the upsell is um when i'll talk about uh, uh from an expansion perspective sure sure yeah yeah uh, or you know is mainly the cross selling right cross selling happens across teams mm-hmm. the upselling is mainly from um let's say more teams want to get coached or certified yeah and that's where our other offerings also steps in got it so so my question is do you have any team in house team who's uh, literally working on these you know expansion expansion part of it right so i mean you 100%. talked about having a services layer right so how are they different from a typical customer success you know team if i were to say that for you so uh, and and again a pertinent question customer success in especially in space like ours uh, there needs to be a certain majority in the customer success team because you're dealing with founders um chief of staff uh, senior hr leaders who are really looking at using okrs correctly to to drive business growth having said that a customer success team is certified are certified okr experts mm-hmm. and they really speak the language of business at the same time the change management specialist they're able to have this dual specialization of customer success along with change management and okrs in order to uh, expand teams as uh, expand within the customer organization as well Got it. So, so Vidya, you mentioned something about outbound, right? I guess fifty percent of your new leads still come from your outbound channels, right? So, what's happening there? Yeah, so I'd just like to clarify that uh, while about forty-six percent comes about, mm-hmm. the remainder comes through reference, okay, and probably about thirty percent comes through. Um, uh, I would say it's probably about a, like a fifty-fifty percent split between reference and outbound. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. what we find in outbound is that uh, we're still learning mm-hmm. and we do find that channels like linkedin uh, is something that's working well for us mm-hmm. 
Um, but we really need to test more as well as we move forward. Got it. And do you have any dedicated SGR team in-house who's sort of running all of this outbound uh, efforts? Correct, correct, 100%. So we have an SDR team uh, which is running these efforts. All right, so let's talk about the team as of today uh, that you have, right? How many folks do you have and what do, what do they do, right? Yeah, so we, we have um, 15 within SIDBOTS and mm-hmm. we'll probably hire a couple of more. Uh, um, it's almost uh, like a 50-50% split mm-hmm. uh, between customer success, sales, marketing, as well as product and engineering. Um, we uh, started as a marketing led company because as, as I was sharing that inbound as a channel was a yeah. main source of lead generation. In the early, at least in the first few years, there was an excessive importance to inbound as a channel. And we recently started getting outbound probably about eight to nine months ago is where we started putting an outbound team together. Got it. So any reason why you made that switch, right? So typically it would be outbound then and going back to inbound, right? So I mean, now you've got a great growth engine, I would say, right? that's driving tons of leads to your uh, product, right? So why outbound now? Is it because of the lead, lead, the type of leads that you're seeing there that, that, that aren't really qualified for whom you want to sell? Like what's, what's the reason there? Yeah, for us, uh, it's, it's also about uh, uh, increasing the pace or the velocity sure. of lead gen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do believe that probably one, firing to one gun may not be uh, best for the growth of Fitbots. Yeah, so- got it. So, Vidya, did you raise any external funding so far to build your company? Especially given that you, I think you, you you started in the category creation space, right? Four or five years ago. So, did you raise any external funding so far? Yeah, we have. And uh, we have raised a pre-seed round from business angels. Um, but apart from that, the initial years was, um, we were we were completely bootstrapped, worked entirely on capital efficiency, uh, raised the pre-seed round to use the money effectively in order to build our growth engine. Got it. And after that, you, you stayed completely bootstrapped, right? And what's the plan going forward here? What's the vision? Yeah, I, uh, most of our lead generation is through organic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and we find that that's very sustainable. And at the same time, it also helps us put money and efforts into the right area. So we're very mindful about as sharing capital efficiency. Mm-hmm. It's about if, if we have a self-sustained growth engine, we do believe that that's best for the company. Got it. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me, Vidya. Hope you scale, you know, Fitbots to much greater heights. Thanks, Upindra. It was wonderful being on the show and thank you so much for all these great questions.